Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Oh, my goodness, there we go. I am very proud and happy to see many of you wearing the correct color of shirt this morning, the particular shade of red. However, I will say the first song, I don't know if you guys were in here, all of you for the first song we sang, but we sang a song called Blessed Be Your Name. And part of the lyrics of that song, it says, you give and take away my heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. And so I'm reminding myself and all of you of that today, that there is a chance that the Lord could give us something very beautiful, a nice trophy today, or he could take it away and give it to a lesser team. But regardless, our heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name, okay? So don't forget that, rain or, or sunshine later today, we shall see. Hey, we're going to continue going through the book of Colossians this morning. Uh, before we do, let's pray real quick. Let's pray. Father... Um, Lord, just thank you, thank you for your goodness, for your grace. Lord, you just, you lavish it on us. I'm just so grateful for that and thankful, Lord, for just the fact that we can have forgiveness of sins and life through Jesus. And I, I pray for this last service today, Lord, that you would just just some way, somehow, Lord, just reveal yourself to us in just very personal, intimate ways. Father, that you would speak to our hearts like only you can, and that as we look to your word, your truth, Lord, that we wouldn't just intellectually understand and get it, but that we would live according to it, that we would do what it, what it says. And so, Holy Spirit, just, just please come and work and move like you have been, and um, I know, Lord, that we're all here for a reason. It's not an accident, and you want to speak to us. So please do just let our ears and our hearts and minds be open to receive. So we love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, this morning, as we continue through Colossians, we've got two more. We've got this week and next week. Pastor Ron's going to finish up Colossians. Um, but in our text this morning, we're going to look at chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. But to understand that uh, properly, I want to back up and just briefly read and look at what Pastor Ron uh, preached about last week, because it helps us understand just what Paul is getting at it as it flows into verses 5 and 6. And so in verses 2 through 4 in Colossians uh, chapter 4, it says this. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And so this is the, the text that, that Pastor Ron spoke from last week. And he primarily focused in on that very first part there where it says, devote yourselves to prayer. And it's important for us to understand as followers of Christ that, that prayer is not something that we just casually, nonchalantly do on occasion. But it's something like it says here that we're to be devoted to. It's supposed to be a pillar of our life, that we would be talking and sharing and walking through life with the Lord. And one of the ways that we do that is by talking to Him and listening to Him. And we're to be devoted 
to prayer. In fact, it says that in Acts chapter 2, that's one of the things it says there where you see the fellowship of believers. It says they devoted themselves, right, to the apostles' teaching, to prayer. And so we must devote ourselves to prayer. And then if you go on in verse 3, um, yeah, not that one, not Acts. You can scrap that one for now. We'll come back to that. Um, but if you go uh, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 3, he goes from saying, devote yourself to prayer. And then we see Paul asking for prayer for some specific things. He says he wants prayer for open doors, for the message of the gospel to go forth. And he prays that he would share the, the mystery of Christ clearly. And you see, one of the things that if you, if you know about the Apostle Paul is that from the moment of his conversion, he had one aim and goal in life. And he passionately pursued that aim and that goal throughout his life. And the neat thing is, is that the same mission and goal that he had for his life is the same that we have for our life. The Apostle Paul understood that his purpose in life was to love Jesus and to share Jesus. And it consumed him because it was the most important thing that he could do with his life. And honestly, guys, it's the most important thing that you can do with your life to fall in love with Jesus and grow in that intimacy with him, but then to share the love of Christ with those that you come into contact with. And that's what he is praying for here. He was committed to fulfilling that purpose, which is the same as ours. In fact, you can put that scripture up now in, in Acts 20. You see this here. Paul says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So even in chains, in prison, Paul was focusing on sharing the gospel with anyone and everyone that he was around. And he's asking for specific prayer in our text. He's praying and he's saying, give me opportunity, give me open doors and give me clarity as I speak and give me boldness as I speak to proclaim this mystery. And so understanding that, he then transitions into our verses today. And I think it's important because don't forget that we all have the same mission and purpose that Paul did with his life, to love Jesus and share Jesus, to be ambassadors of Christ, to make disciples of all nations. That's part of your calling and purpose for your life. And so we go down in verses five and six now, and we see what Paul flows into here. He says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so we're going to look at this and find a few things that are so important for us as we minister and share the gospel and go about our lives. And the very first thing that he says in verse 5 here is to be wise. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. And what he means by outsiders here is he's talking about those outside the faith, those that are not followers of Christ or believers in Jesus. Because you see, there is a right way and a wrong way to interact with the unbelieving people in our lives. I hope you understand that because you see every interaction that we have as representatives, ambassadors of Christ does one of two things for people. It either draws them closer to Christ or it pushes them further away. 
And so how we act and interact with people is of great importance. And the right way to do that, he is saying here, is in wisdom. And he's not talking about the intellect and the wisdom that we can uh, muster up on our own. But he's talking about a godly, heavenly wisdom that comes from above, that comes from the truth of his word. Because to be honest, and I think you guys can relate to this, as I'm interacting with people, I have an idea of how I should treat them, how I should speak to them, how I should act towards them. And a lot of times it's conditional on how they're treating me and what they're saying to me. And in my flesh and in my finite wisdom, I can respond and act and speak in a way that doesn't honor God. And so it's important that we make sure that the way we act and respond to those things come from God and his perfect wisdom that's found through his word. Because it will either push people away or draw them closer to the Lord. In 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 12, it says, Live such good lives among the pagans, the unbelievers, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So walking in wisdom here, understand when we do that, that the unbelieving world will see that and recognize that we are different. And ultimately, it's about God and his glory. I'm, I'm convinced that the only way that we will walk in this sort of wisdom is when we first begin to grow in our relationship with Christ in the private. If you will not grow and spend time with God in your home, when you're alone, when nobody else is there, it's going to be difficult for you to walk in wisdom outside of that. Because the reality is the only way to know how to walk wisely and to act wisely is if we know what God's wisdom and his truth is. And so we must feast on God's word. We must abide in him and spend time talking to him and listening to him. And I know it sounds elementary, but I really believe we overcomplicate so much when it comes to following Jesus. That if we would just hunker into the basics of reading the word of God and knowing the word of God and spending time praying and talking that God would give us everything that we need for every situation that we face. So we must grow in wisdom by spending time with the Lord and in his presence. Now in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. I am not doing great on that part, I'll tell you right now. And it goes on, it says, so that you may become blameless and pure, Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. You see, we are to live in such a way with this godly wisdom that in our dark and crooked world that we live in, and I think we'd all agree that this world is dark and crooked, that we would stand out as beautiful, as appealing. I, have you, I don't know if you guys have ever been out like away from the city 
and you, and you lay on your back in the night and look up at the, at the sky and the stars when it's crystal clear and just how brilliant and beautiful the stars are in the sky. You, it's nearly impossible to lay on your back and look at those stars and not know that there is something greater and more to this life just by the brilliance of those stars. And the truth is, when we live in a way that's countercultural to our world, we stand out like that in the darkness. And the world should look at followers of Christ just like we look at those stars and say how beautiful and radiant they are. And it should lead people to say, I want to be a part of whatever that is. We should shine like stars to a dark world. And so we're to act, act in wisdom. And, and it goes on and it says to make the most of every opportunity. To make the most of every opportunity. My grandfather, well, my grandfather who's still living, one of the things that cracks me up about him is if he goes out on the town, okay, and he goes to a store and he sees that Dr. Pepper is on sale and he thinks it's a glorious deal, he will buy about as much as he can carry, okay? He just sucks it all up, okay? You go to his house and he's just got pack after pack of Dr. Pepper. And one time when I went to his house when I was younger, I'll never forget, I went in their closet for some reason, and we call him Pop Pop, so I, I call him Pop. I said, Pop, why on earth do you have four pairs of shoes in your closet that are all exactly the same, that have never been worn? He's like, I love those shoes, and so I found a great deal on them, so I bought four of them, so I'd always have another pair. And I'm like, okay, that's okay, whatever you say. But that's what he does. When he sees a good deal, he's going to buy as much up as he can. And if you ask him why, I say, Pop, why do why you do that? Like, why do you have all these things like that? He's like, well... You never know if there's ever going to be a sale like that again. And so I've got to take advantage of it while it's there. And that's what he does. Now, listen, when they moved houses, we found stuff in their pantry that was 12 years expired. Okay, if that tells you anything about how he did this, okay. I'm not kidding either. Um, but he says, I've got to take advantage of this opportunity. And the reality is, God gives us opportunities all the time. But those opportunities, they do. They come and they go. And there's a window of time that we have to step into those opportunities and take advantage of them before they pass by. Sometimes it can be in a moment, sometimes it can be a season of life, but we need to make the most of the opportunities that God gives us. And specifically here, Paul is talking about the opportunities to share the mystery of Christ, the gospel with people. God will give you opportunities. He'll open those doors. That's one of the things that Paul prayed for, open doors. And when he does... We have to have the boldness and the courage to step into those moments and pray with people and share the gospel with people, to share your testimony with people. It can be scary. It can seem daunting. But the reality is, if you don't take advantage of that moment, it can be gone and then you'll be left with nothing but regret. So he's saying, make the most of those opportunities. I can think of so many times in my life where I've just known the Lord is speaking to me, like go and pray with that person or, or share this verse with that person, share the gospel with this person. And honestly, there's all these excuses that have come up in my mind and my heart while, where I have not been obedient. And I think one of the biggest things that hinders us from making the most of those opportunities is fear. Fear that we'll be made fun of, fear that they'll ask a question that I won't know the answer to, fear that um, I, I just won't have what I need in that moment and I'm going to make myself look like a fool, whatever it might be. 
But the reality is, if God gives you these opportunities, step into them and trust him that he'll give you what you need in those moments. There's a, um, a couple here at our church that uh, minister to college students at Missouri State, and I was talking with uh, the husband the other day, and he was telling me about a student on campus who is um, a part of a fraternity. And in his fraternity, his whole goal is to be able to share the gospel with everyone in his, in his fraternity. He even has on his computer, and he was showing the guy, a spreadsheet okay, that has every fraternity member on there. And if he's been able to pray for that person, if he's been able to have spiritual conversations with that person, if he shared the gospel with that person, if they've accepted Christ, because his whole goal is to, to, to see every person in his fraternity come to faith in Christ. He understands that he has this opportunity, this window of time with these guys and that it's gonna pass. And so that he has to make the most of that time. And I'm just blown away by that. Like, I think it's absolutely incredible. The cool part is I didn't realize this after the second service that that guy was telling me that that the neat thing is that he has seen many of his uh, fraternity brothers accept Christ. And now he's, he's calling himself a spiritual grandfather because that person has now been leading other people to Christ in the fraternity. Like, isn't that incredible? But he understands that, like, I have this window of time with these people. I'm going to make the most of it. And when God gives us opportunities, man, we have to take advantage of them. And I'll tell you, and and you can relate, I'm sure. Guys, there's no regret in being obedient to Christ. I have a lot of regret in my life, but I don't have any regret from following the Lord. It doesn't mean it's easy. But, man, it's good it's good to follow the Lord. So make the most of those opportunities. And then as we have those opportunities though, Paul tells us there's a way to speak and to interact with uh, the, the outsiders, those that aren't Christians. And he says that our, our speech matters so much. He says, let your conversation always be full of grace. And we know from the book of James and other places that our words are powerful, right? They have the ability to breathe life or to breathe death. Even you think of the power of words and creation, it was the words of God that spoke, he spoke into existence, everything, okay? Like, and then for us, he tells us, your tongue, it's little, but man, it has so much power. It can breathe life, but it can also, even just this little piece of, of your body, the, the, this, these words come out of it can lead to death and destruction. We have to be so careful because our words are powerful. And here Paul says, listen, your conversation always, not sometimes, but always must be full of grace. And I think we can all agree that in our current culture and world right now, there's not a lot of gracious speech. People are so quick to be critical and to be hateful and demeaning and degrading to people. And, and, and the thing is, that's not the way God tells us to speak. That's not the way he tells us to interact with people. You might be 100% correct and whatever it is you're talking to somebody about, and they could be 100% wrong, but that's not, that doesn't mean it's okay for you to make fun of them, to mock them, to demean them, to degrade them, to tell them they're stupid. I mean, what, I mean, and, and the thing is, I wish I was saying this, but Christians are doing this all the time. And it breaks my heart because remember, Everything we do and say it draws people either closer to Christ or it pushes them further away because you are a representative of Jesus. And you might be one of the few people that, that interact with this particular person. And so your words, they matter. And guess what? You too once were in the same boat. 
lost in your sin and rebellion to God and believing and saying things that were contrary to what is true. And so we need to be gracious to people as we speak the truth to them. You can be pointed and still pleasant with somebody. You can speak the truth in a loving way so that the message is received. I hope you know that. Sometimes people feel like if they're not like super amped up when they share the truth that it's like compromising truth somehow, but the truth will speak for itself. God's word does not come back void, okay? So let the truth do the work. You don't have to get so ambitious, we'll call it sometimes or in those things. But hey, listen to Ephesians 4, 29. It says, let no unwholesome talk Come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. That's kind of an overwhelming verse for me because I mean, let nothing unwholesome. Like everything that comes out of our mouth is supposed to be edifying, building up, encouraging, beneficial to those that are listening. Is your speech, and when I say speech too, I I should clarify, I think everybody knows this by now, but I'm talking about what you speak out of your mouth, but also what you type on your social media things, okay? You might not understand this, but those are your words also, okay? That applies there as well. In, in, In Ecuador one time, we were going and sharing the gospel with a group from the church throughout this community, and I'll never forget one of our translators he, he was talking with me and, and we were getting ready to go share with some f- people and he said, we're going to crush them. We're going to destroy them. And I'm like, okay, I, don't, are, I want to make sure I know what you're talking about first off. Okay, like what do you mean by this? And he's like, we're going to go with the gospel and we're going to destroy their lives and we're going to crush them with the truth and, and all these things. And I was like, okay, now just take a time out, take a deep breath here. I think I understand what you're saying, but I don't think that's the way of the Lord. And it, you know, the sad part is in his attitude and his arrogance and sharing the truth, it was not received well. And we had a long conversation after that. And he had to be reminded, guys, and we must too sometimes, it's his kindness that leads to repentance, okay? It's his graciousness that leads us to, to responding to the truth of the gospel. And so our speech, it has to be Gracious. Even in Luke chapter 4, verse 22, it says, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? The gracious words that came from his lips. Here's the thing we have to understand you can win an argument and lose the person, and it's never worth it. You can win an argument with somebody over the, the, the truth of God's word, who Jesus is, what you throw whatever in there. You can win an argument but lose the person. And it's never worth it. Never worth it. So be gracious in your speech. And then it goes on and it says that our speech is supposed to be salty. It says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. That's kind of a funny thing to think about. How on earth would our speech be seasoned with salt? Um, but if there's any cooks in here, you understand the importance of salt. Salt is not only a preservative and keeps things preserved, okay, but, and, and there's so much depth to this, actually, if you think about it, with the, the disciples, many of them being fishermen and having to preserve fish and stuff, but, but salt also is meant to enhance flavor, 
If you've ever had a bland meal, you know that's disgusting, right? Nobody likes to eat bland food. And I feel sorry for people who've had COVID because from what I hear, a lot of you guys still don't taste anything. That just seems miserable to me. But our speech is supposed to be salty. It's supposed to enhance things. It's supposed to be beneficial. You see, the gospel, honestly, sometimes is very difficult to hear for people. And if our words aren't gracious, it's like getting a bitter tomato, but you sprinkle a little salt on it and offer it to somebody, it's palatable. The gospel is difficult for people to hear, but when it's done graciously with some salt, it becomes very appetizing. And the other thing is, I, I, like I'm thinking about this, all right? How do I grow? How do I grow in salty speech? How do I grow in this and, and cultivate it in my life? And, and honestly, the only thing I can think is, is to remind myself every day of how good the gospel tastes to me. Have you ever had somebody try to sell you something and their whole attitude is like, well, listen, I've got this, this, this bottle of water for you right here and um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's okay, I've had better, but you know, if you're thirsty, I guess it would work for you. And that's how they go about trying to sell you something. It's like, dude, if you don't even like it and you don't believe in it, why on earth would I wanna have any part of it? And sometimes in our sharing the gospel with people and telling people what it looks like to have this relationship with Jesus, it's bland if that's what it looks like. But when you taste and see, like it says in Matthew, taste and see that the Lord is good and you spend time reminding yourself of how good the Lord is and you're feasting on his word and his goodness, you don't approach people with the gospel with this bland attitude, with this bland offering, but you say, listen, this Jesus that I know is absolutely incredible. He has transformed my life. He's given me hope where I had nothing but despair. I thought I knew what life was, but when I met Jesus, I realized I didn't know life. I found true life and purpose in Christ. It's this appetizing thing that we offer to people, but unfortunately, sometimes our relationship with Christ is bland and when we go to offer it to somebody, it's bland. And the reason it's bland, I'm convinced, is because we stop tasting of the goodness of God. We become content. But God's saying, man, taste of my goodness. Spend time with me. Be reminded of the gospel and what that means for you so that when you speak to others, man, your speech will be salty. In Matthew, we're told we're the salt of the earth. As we go as his ambassadors, we should be enhancing the world around us. Make sure that as you speak, that is what you are doing. John Piper said this, and it won't be on the screen, you'll just have to listen, but he said, every day we should go to the Bible and look for reasons why knowing Christ is the greatest thing in the world. And when we get up off our knees with our hearts happy in Him, we will be in the best position to make our speech appetizing for Christ. It comes from tasting of the goodness of, of the Lord. So be gracious in your speech. Let it be seasoned with salt. And the last thing it says is so that you may know how to answer everyone. The point is simple. Everybody's different. Every situation is different. But the gospel is the same and Christ is the same. But there's countless ways to serve the meal. My, my kids are all very different and what resonates with them, what speaks to them, how they receive and how they feel loved. Just, I mean, if you have children, you understand this. Even with your friends or your family, you understand we're all so different. And so 
One of the things that we must do is be gracious and and seek the Lord as we're ministering to family and friends and strangers, whoever it might be, letting the Lord show us how to go about approaching these people because everybody's different. Sometimes people just need you to listen and not speak so much. Sometimes people can handle this much truth in a moment where other people can handle the, the fire hose, okay? But you have to be sensitive to that. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Never forget that behind every question is a questioner. And there's reasons that people ask the questions they do. There's reasons people argue with you the way that they do. But no matter what, let the Lord lead you in your response. And like it says here, once again, do it with gentleness and respect. I'll say this. I don't know why. When we were worshiping, I just felt like the Lord was telling me to share this in this service. But I think we got to be really careful in this. And thinking about gracious speech and our speech that glorifies the Lord. Because I think a lot of times when we read the word, we'll nod our heads in agreement and feel like that's right. Other people need to do that or like this isn't supposed to be for me because I've got it figured out. And I, I just feel like there's some of us in this room today that that's maybe your attitude. You feel like, yes, people should do this. People should do this. But God's really saying, this is for you. You need to look in the mirror and how you're speaking and how you're posting and how you're sharing things. Because you expect other people to respond certain ways when you're not even doing it yourself. And so make sure you're looking in the mirror with this stuff, that we're taking the the plank out of our own eyes so that we can see the speck in our brothers and know how to respond appropriately. Speak with grace. Be gentle and respectful, even when people don't treat you that way. So three questions this morning. The first one is this. Do you act wisely towards people? Are you seeking the Lord and His wisdom and His ways of going about life because left to ourselves in our finite wisdom we're going to fall short when we have access to the infinite perfect wisdom of God and so do you act wisely towards people and you act wisely towards people when you're doing what the word of God says that is wise second question are you making the most of the opportunities that you're given Are you making the most of those opportunities? I would encourage all of us to join along with the Apostle Paul and pray like he did for clarity when we do speak, but for God to give us open doors, opportunities to be able to encourage people and share the gospel with people. But then on top of that, to give us boldness. I think it is so weird, like just in my mind thinking about Paul praying and asking for boldness. Because Paul was always just like going 100% forward for the Lord and all that he did to the point where he's writing this from prison. Like, I think he's bold. I don't think he's afraid. But I think the reason he isn't is because he understood that he needed the Lord to work through him to continue to be bold. 
And so for us, man, I think we have to ask the same thing. Lord, give us boldness. Give us courage so that we do make the most of those opportunities, that we don't let them pass us by and then have to deal with the regret of that. But Lord, give us boldness. Give us courage. And then give us wisdom. The Bible says you need wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask for it because God will give it to us when we ask for it. And he gives it generously, it says. So, Man, let's pray like Paul. Clarity, open doors, boldness, and wisdom. The last question is, is your speech full of grace and salt? Do you speak with kindness, with compassion, with empathy? Do you speak with truth, but with gentleness? Remember what it says in Corinthians, guys. You can do all these different things, but if it's not done from a place of love, it's missing the boat. The message will be lost as you're speaking the truth if it's not coming from a heart that truly loves God and loves the people that you're speaking with. So be gracious with people. Be kind and understand you were in the same boat. You're in the same boat at one point. Sometimes that helps me. If you guys will, if you're able, would you stand and we're going to pray and finish up our time. Father, I love you. And Lord, I do admit, I, man, I fall short in this. I'm so critical of other people. And, and I don't always speak graciously. I lean on my own wisdom versus yours so many times. And Lord, I just ask your forgiveness and pray that, that Lord, you would just fill us all with your spirit that the fruit of the Spirit would just flow from us, that, that love and that joy, that patience, that kindness, that gentleness, and Lord, that self-control. We, we need that. So Holy Spirit, just fill us up. And Lord, give us opportunities. Lord, I do pray for opportunities today, every day, just that we can glorify you and we can make your, main, your name known and, and lead people to that incredible life Enjoy that's found in you, Jesus. So give us opportunities and give us just the courage to take advantage of those and make the most of them. Lord, we want to be like those stars that are shining bright, bright in the darkness of our world that, that let people know that God is real, that he loves them and he wants to have a relationship with them. So Father, we do. We just love you so much. Go before us and all that we do and everywhere we go. And just let us be faithful ambassadors for you, Jesus. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen.